Walking distance is supported by Gosmer Gear. On my recent shakedown hike on the Superior Hiking Trail, I had big wind on a ridge. But my Gossamer Gear trekking pole single tent called the One barely moved. At only 17 ounces, the One packs down to the size of a hamster. But it's bomb-proof with loads of room inside to sit up, store your gear, and stay dry and safe from the bugs. That's why Gossamer Gear is my choice for the Continental Divide Trail. Oh, and I'll carry it in the Gossamer Gear Gorilla 50-liter ultralight backpack. And as a listener of Walking Distance, you can score 15% off your next order at gossamergear.com. Just use the code WALKINGDISTANCE, and you'll get 15% off some of the highest quality lightweight gear out there. Walking Distance is your code on your next order at gossamergear.com. Very quickly, they nicknamed my band The Bounce Box. People know that they can ask me for just about anything, and it's kind of like that Price is Right show. It's probably in the van somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) From the trek, this is Walking Distance, a show for hikers, trekkers, trampers, and wanderers that proves any place worth seeing can be reached by walking there. And then it's even better when you carry all you need in a backpack. I'm Blissful Hiker. Janet Hensley is an Appalachian Trail trail angel. Known as Miss Janet, she follows 80 hikers for nine months from March to November as they work their way north from Georgia to Mount Katahdin in Maine. And she does this in her big white van named the Bounce Box. It's covered with bumper stickers, pictures of some of the most scenic places in the United States, and inspirational quotes like, Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's learning to dance in the rain. Miss Janet and her van are a welcome sight by thru-hikers looking for a snack, for a ride to town, or even to help carry forward items they'll need later on the trail, hence the name Bounce Box. Her relationship to the AT started early in Irwin, Tennessee, where she lived close to the trail. She hosted over 10,000 hikers at her hostel before a circuitous route of living in Florida and then working in other hostels drew this incredibly special trail angel to the road. I'm, I'm a really special case, and you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> as people progress through the trail, you know, the season kind of falls behind them, you know, as the group moves through. So after my job part was done, I would be like, well, let's let's go ahead and see who's up 100 miles ahead. And, hmm. and then let's go see who's another 100 miles ahead. And uh, since I was already living in my van, it made it very easy to, you know, to go start on the road uh, offering the same kind of assistance that people already were expecting from me. You know, you know, Miss Janet, I messed up. I've got a sore foot. You know, Miss Janet, I messed up. I've got to uh, go to town and get some some medication. It was just, it just flowed and it was just really easy to continue, you know, kind of offering a hostel in a box to people. I love how you put that, a hostel in a box. <laughs> well, they nicknamed my van the bounce box because when long distance hikers are traveling, they don't carry everything they need with them. If they have things that they only need occasionally, they will box them up and send them ahead to the next place that they plan on spending any time. Well, I know on my through hikes, my bounce boxes usually contained like new shoes. 
And it was always this process of, you know, finding who to send it to. But then you created these really interesting relationships with people who are holding your box. I mean, they want to get to know you better and kind of hear the stories of your trail and why you're out there. So I want to ask you to maybe share some stories, you know, maybe something inspiring, something unexpected, um, maybe even something that changed you. Now, that's the continual process. I've taken tens of thousands of photographs of of individuals and groups and, you know, moments of people's people's hikes over 30 years. I can look at those pictures and tell you a story about almost every single photograph. I can go, oh, this is so-and-so and this is something that happened. One that's just, that, that's actually transpiring at this moment because it's just one of those um, stories of perseverance that I think is is pretty pretty incredible. A young lady had come to the trail with a friend who promptly abandoned her, taking most of the gear that that they were expecting to be using on this through hike of the AT, leaving her kind of in a bad place. Mm. Definitely in a bad place emotionally because she was a little scared, you know. His expertise was what she was going to be relying on, his planning, his guidebooks, his maps, you know, and she just accidentally happened to walk into a a situation where there were several trail angels that were together and a couple of trail ambassadors with the Georgia Appalachian Trail Club and, you know, quickly assessed the story, assessed the situation, and more importantly, assessed her desire to continue on you know do we help you get to a bus station and go back go back home you know because you you're really not a prepared hiker but she was determined to try a little longer she said you know if I if I could just I think I can do this I think I want to do this I just I just need to be able to go a little further so within a short, very short period of time she had the things that she needed to safely hike, maybe not the best of gear and maybe some secondhand and borrowed everything from boots and jackets to a tent and a pack. Um, she was very quickly outfitted as a as a hiker. And that was kind of like, okay, you want to do this and this is the things that you need to do. And, you know, here's some numbers in case you run into problems saying if you need advice, but be willing to ask people. So we left it at that, thinking that, you know, the chances were she might go another day or two and get to a road crossing and and uh, be ready to, you know, be ready to call it quits. And I just saw her again yesterday. It was around mile 30 that I saw her the first time. And yesterday I saw her at around mile 110. And she's looking like a hiker. Mm. She's done the same miles that the most prepared, best equipped hiker on the trail has done. <laughs> you know, when you start talking to individuals and and you're hearing their stories, you realize that, you know, each each single person on this long distance pilgrimage of a through hike, you know, has their own story and brings with them something to the family that is completely unique from everyone else. You know, you speak about that girl in particular and really about all of these people as if they are kind of like your children, like your family. That's the word you used. 
I call them my kids because it's easier to yell at a 45 year old, you know, colonel in the middle in the military. If you <laughs> if you call him your kid first, then you can yell at him. You know, it makes it a little easier. Um, I carry a two foot long wooden spoon with me. It's just for behavior management and attitude adjustment. I found that treating people like their family from the very beginning is almost the most important psychological first aid that I can offer them. You have people that um, they did not expect that this experience to, to be what it is, whatever that is. They may have been very prepared physically to come and do, do miles and, and then they come out and find out that emotionally it's just tearing them apart. There's a lot of things coming to the surface of their heart and their mind that is just got them wrecked on a daily basis. I wonder if hikers change after, after experiencing their time with you. I mean, do they leave and they become more generous people? Are they also givers? Oh, that, isn't, that, isn't that a wonderful thought and a wonderful dream, you know, to think that, 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 any, you know, that an orange soda and a Debbie cake can have that much of an effect on someone? <laughs> but honestly, I do believe so. I have had people tell me so over the decades. And they'll say something about, you know, that one day in Hot Springs, you know, what you did for me, you know, made it possible for me to go on. And that was a turning point for me. And, and I will always remember that. You know, that's, that's pretty powerful, you know, because you don't know when you're doing it. You don't know when you're bandaging this person's toes that, you know, that, that they've always had problems with their toes and that, that they were worried about them causing problems. And, you know, and now you've just given them a way to fix a problem that makes it possible for them to go on. And sometimes it can be overwhelming gratitude. And uh, that's very fulfilling. But so is this, just the smiles. I do a lot more drive-by trail magic where I just see people and I pull up and, you know, pull up to them. I offer a uh, unsolicited advice zone. You know, everybody everybody knows that if they see me coming, they, they <laughs> may have to listen to some of my trail uh, public service announcements and, and, and uh, you know, whatever, whatever seems applicable at that moment. And then, you know, a soda and, and a couple of treats and, and I'm gone. But uh, he was happy to have his little armload of goodies. It kind of made me think of a little kid getting their stocking on Christmas morning. <laughs> You know, I used to ask a little philosophy question of people, you know, what they thought. Do you think that the best people in the world just come out through the trail? Or do you think the trail brings the best out of people? And um, I've always, I've always tended towards the latter. And um, just recently met a, met a man that is uh, supporting his wife along the Appalachian Trail. She's hiking and she's a very slow, methodical hiker. And she's got some, some, health issues so she's just taking it easy and he's there you know to meet her at trailheads and you know make sure that she's got what she needs and is resupplied so he's her very own concierge trail angel but in the meantime he started being a trail angel to everyone else you know he's got the day you know the entire day he goes and buys soft drinks and treats and fruit and will sit and give it away out of the back of his truck and you know, he's helped people with some of the issues that they've had and helped give people rides. And the conversation that we had, I will remember this one statement that he made. He said, it was only a few months ago 
that my family said that I was one of the grouchiest, saddest people that they ever knew. He said, in the last two months, I have changed and I am not that sad, grouchy, unhappy person that, that they knew just a few weeks ago. He said, because the people have given back to me something I didn't even know I was missing. I think that people change just from humping a 40-pound pack up and down a mountain and desperately digging a cat hole and, you know, setting up camp on the wrong side of the, of, of the water. <laughs> and, you know, there's just a lot of things, a lot of things that, that can happen out here that puts everybody at pretty equal standing. You know, you've got a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds, but it's hard to tell that when you're sweating up a mountain and, uh, you know, and it's, there's no tree cover and, you know, your ears are sunburned and you're still carrying winter gear because no one will let you send it home yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Miss Janet, thank you so much for talking with me today. And now I'm super excited about doing the AT maybe next year. Oh, absolutely. It's like a hug. It takes two people to make the magic happen. Janet Hensley is known to thousands of AT through hikers as Miss Janet, and she's one of those indispensable helpers of the trail, someone who gets hikers to town, transports items north, and hands out treats just when a hiker's energy is flagging. Most important, she offers kindness and a shoulder to lean on that grounds hikers and helps them keep moving forward. It's truly a labor of love, and one that, on my hikes, I was often surprised by. I mean, wait a minute, you're just going to show up and offer me food? A chair? Conversation? If we counted up every single gesture of every trail angel we met, we'd find it's like in the thousands. Miss Janet is also a hiker, but it's not really about the walking itself that motivates her or many trail angels to offer assistance. It's the human connection, the desire to help and to be of service. Are you guys hikers, too? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in our younger years, when George and I first met, we used to do a lot of walking, but it was day walking only. But no, hikers in the sense of overnighting and stuff that you do, Alison, um, no. Coming up, you're going to meet two Kiwis who, a lot like Miss Janet on the Appalachian Trail, are becoming legends of New Zealand's Te Araroa. I'm Blissful Hiker, and this is Walking Distance from the Trek. Walking Distance is supported by John Reamer and Associates. On a backpack trip, you wouldn't think of heading out without a map, a compass, and a guidebook. Planning for a healthy financial future is much the same. It's a step-by-step process. And at John Reamer & Associates, you'll get personalized financial advice to help you reach your goals today and tomorrow. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Be inspired at johnreamer.com. A private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, located in Minnesota with over 30 years of experience. This is Walking Distance. Rob Furman and George Mills are a couple living in Wanganui. It's a city close to the end of the North Island portion of the Te Araroa, New Zealand's long-distance through-hike. When heading south, the trail becomes a river, and most trampers hire canoes and paddle it. Now, when I did it, I was tired. I was wet and muddy and ready for a break. 
I noticed a post on Facebook that Rob and George welcomed us hikers to their home. So I called. And I was welcomed directly into their home with a Maori greeting. And there were so many other surprises and incredible acts of generosity. I really wanted you to meet these men and to understand why, even as people who wouldn't consider tramping through mud, roots, and rain fun, they want to place themselves directly into the lives of walkers in the best way they're able. Our very first of our very was, first was an American woman called Weeby from Alaska who we met on the Tiaroa route eight years ago and in 2014. Yeah. We stopped on the side of the road. We talked to her. She wanted a beer. We didn't have one, but we told her, if you want one, you have to come to our house. And from that time, she planted the seed and um, she's continued to help us to germinate this thing, which has turned into such a wonderful yeah. experience. Yes. Yeah. Do you like the term trail angel or you use a different one, guardian? Kaitiaki. You're quite correct, Alison. I prefer not to use the term trail angel. I think both of us prefer mm. not to. Kaitiaki, which means guardian or protector. And I think it's more relevant to the kupu or the name of Te Araroa, the long pathway. Our role is to protect not just that long pathway, but always, first and foremost, the people who embark on that journey. Yes, it would be great. And that's really part of Kiwi culture. I mean, it took me by surprise when I came to New Zealand, the incredible generosity and I think I'm pronouncing this Maori word correctly, manaki? Yes, you are. Correct. The idea of looking looking after a visitor? As long as I can remember, we've always had visitors in our house. And uh, if you meet someone who you feel that they might need a little bit of help, you know, be it put money in a parking meter slot or anything, you, you do that. It's just what we do as Kiwis. We just look after each other. And but you are correct, Alison. Manaki or manaki tanga is the whole concept of looking after your visitor and visitors come first in the home. Sometimes we've got to go out there and drag them in off the track. <laughs> so where are you staying? Where are you walking from? And what country are you from? And they, if, they've, if they've made no plans, okay, you're coming to our house. Well, this is just a practical question, you know, but how can you afford the money and the time to take care of trampers? We've got plenty of time, that's for sure. Money's never been an issue. And and I think the moment the moment we put money before people, it changes the whole concept of what we do and why we do it. Yeah. But in order to take on the added numbers that we have over the years, and we're lucky through contacts that we have here that other people give us, like a whole mutton or vegetables or fruit. This question, Alison, is not is not an uncommon question that the walkers do ask. And my reply is feeding 50 is as much as feeding one. So when I came through after the Wanganui River, so this is on the North Island, um, getting close to the end of the trail um, on that island, I came in and I sat down and you pointed to your flagpole and it kind of took me a few moments to, you know, register what I was looking at. I was seeing the stars and stripes, my own flag from the United States. And I was so deeply touched by this gesture of kind of showing the community, you know, who was at your home. An American is here 
tonight. How did that custom begin of bringing out the flags of the nations? I remember one day just saying to George, how can we show to our visitors something of home? I mean, the flagpole's only been up for the last three, oh God, five years. Oh my God, that long. (laughs) It's gone fast. But we didn't really give too much thought to how many flags we'd have to get, of which now we get something like nearly 60 different flags from from around the world. And you are right, Alison, we like to announce to the world who is in residence. I felt like the queen. <laughs> the queen has arrived. Well, you were because you were here by yourself, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the great things about walking the Te Araroa in New Zealand is how international it is, how many people you meet from all over the world as a hiker. But you help foreign visitors experience your culture in your home. And you welcomed me, you mentioned it just a, a bit ago, the Whakatau. Um, Do you welcome everybody with one of those? Maybe you can explain what that is, too. Yes. A Whakatau is a ceremonial welcome for people of sacred feet, whose feet don't belong to this land, who are born of other lands, which is why you got it, Alison, and every other foreign person gets it. Because until you have such a ceremony... I think I might have referred to you in in this vein. You are likened to be a ghost walker. But once the ceremony is performed, your sacred feet, which I'd referred to as Wai Wai Tapu, that status is removed from you. It's given to me and George as your protector, and we place it with the land. And it's cemented with what is called the Hongi Hariru, and that is where the visitor crosses the floor or crosses the ground and we acknowledge each other with a handshake and a pressing of the nose and a meeting of the forehead all at the same time and that is where the gifting of the visitor's breath is passed over to the host or the tangata whenua our breath becomes entwined as one and it stays here with the land And once that ceremony is performed, it's for life. So the words that I speak of or spoke of to you and to everybody else from a foreign country has not just been a welcome to our house. It's been a welcome to my river, my mountains, my canoe, this island of Te Ika Amaui. And, And the reason why I do it is because one, people are in my tribal land but secondly, is to give them a a sense of safety as they walk on, no matter where they go after our home, to anywhere in this land. About halfway down the South Island, I hit a wall, and I just sat down in tussock with sandflies buzzing around my face. I turned on a video, and I taped my breakdown. And through my tears, I said, I want to come home. It's too hard. The rocks hurt my feet. And the grass is taller than my head. (laughs) And when I said that, I just cracked myself up. So you have a code word for hikers if they've hit the wall and they need help. And I think that started with me, actually. (laughs) Yes, Alison, it did. I, I think you called it tall grass. But because I didn't ask you first when I thought of it, it also prompted us to think of a mantra, waiata, or song. We 
decided we will call it high grass. As T.A. Trampers leave Robin George's house, they do their first really dangerous alpine crossing, and then they have to face the Southern Alps. So these code words, high grass, meaning I might want to quit, are very useful. Yes, we had one last season who who posted on their blog, um, I've had a high grass day, Rob and George will know. And I thought, George, that's us. Who in the world is he referring to? It has to be us. He's used the words. We rang him straight away. He had the worst day ever. One of those days where he wanted to throw it in. And we spent about an hour um, face-to-face. You know, we Skyped with him because, as I said to him, I want to see you. I don't want to just hear your words. I want to see you and I want to know with my own eyes that you are okay. Yeah, after about an hour, he he was fine um, and he felt good and he felt ready to carry on. You know, I want to take people into your house just a little bit to see kind of what it felt like to be there. I mean, there's a be- the beautiful um, veranda and you have all these different outside living areas. But you mentioned to me recently that um, your dishwasher went uh, kaput. And, <laughs> and so yes. the TA hikers that came um, gathered in the kitchen and were the happiest there because they, you know, were happy to wash the dishes and sort of be part of a community. Absolutely. Absolutely. The dishwasher crept out just at the very, very, very beginning of the season and we and I, and we thought oh bloody hell but we started getting our first hikers before we could do anything about it and then we we just decided oh to hell with it i said to george you know this is like being on the marae it's a very communal place you know it's the place where there's a lot of laughter there's a lot of storytelling and we did not regret at all not having a dishwasher and ta's true to form looked after the house as much, you know, as, as far as we're concerned, to be to be at home is to look after the home like we do. Um, and that's exactly what they did. So, you know, when I blogged about my walk on the Te Araroa and I spoke about you guys and other incredibly generous Kiwis that I met, I actually inspired a friend who lives in my state here in the United States, in Minnesota, who is close to the Superior Hiking Trail. It's not quite as long, but it's like a 350-mile trail, to become a trail angel herself. I mean, she was inspired by it. What would you say to some of your friends, um, you know, who are not really necessarily hikers but want to become involved as trail angels? What would you suggest? Do it. Mm. As simple as that, do yeah. it. I mean, in, in all honesty, we had a friend of ours down at Koitiata. She had been following me for the last two years with being a Kaitiaki. And she finally contacted me last season and said, Rob, I've got my first walker arriving very soon. Today! She, okay, well, what have you talked to him about? Well, I don't know, because what, what do I talk about? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. Ask them, uh, where are they from? What sort of accommodation are they looking for? What what you can offer? What your expectations are? What are their expectations? And um, and come to that agreement before they even arrive to your house. It makes it a damn sight easier than discovering it all when they arrive. And then you find out that neither of you meet each other's expectations. But first and foremost... Offer him something to eat. (laughs) 
Well, Robin George, Kiota, and thank you so much for talking with us. Noho homaru. Our sentiments are the same to you, Alison, and to you, Richard, and to Richard. Greetings and stay safe. Thank you, Alison. It's been great talking to you. Kakite e ma. Bye-bye. Rob Furman and George Mills live in Wanganui in New Zealand's North Island, right on the Te Araroa Trail. Maybe this is a generalization, but I don't think thru-hikers can complete most any trail without angels. I mean, think of water caches in the desert, getting a ride to town while hitchhiking, and those times when you walked through a campground and just some random person said, hey, you want a beer? Robin George gave me a wakato, a Maori welcome. They fed me, I got cleaned up and slept in a bed. But maybe most important, we had really good conversation and a lot of laughs. Trail angels, or in the case of Robin George, kaitiaki, trail guardians, give hikers a gift far beyond treats and a safe place to stay. They're like a mirror telling us we're okay and that what we're doing walking a long trail is worth it, even if you hit a high grass moment. Miss Janet, George, and Rob all have Facebook pages, and Janet told me you can reach out directly to her at themissjanet at gmail.com, and I'll put all that in the show notes, too. I'd really love to hear from you about your trail angel experience. Leave a voice memo with some amazing thing that happened to you at just the right moment, or maybe your high grass rescue. Or if you're a trail angel yourself, share a story with us. You can reach us at walkingdistanceatthetrek.co. Walking Distance is on all the podcast platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. If you're an Apple user, leave us a rating and review. That really helps other people find the podcast. And thanks again to today's title sponsor, Gosmer Gear, manufacturers of high-quality, lightweight backpacking gear and accessories, and my choice for the Continental Divide Trail. You can save 15% off your next order at gossamergear.com. Just use the code WALKINGDISTANCE, all one word, and you'll get 15% off your next order at gossamergear.com. I'm Blissful Hiker, and you've been listening to Walking Distance from the Trek. ¶¶ 